We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at His Hard Line. Let's go. from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge indeed. He is and he is in the captain's chair at the helm and behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. Yeah. Today is Saturday, November 18, 2023. Yes, that's right. It is still the year 2023. We are not in the election year. And you are listening to episode 637. We'll be doing a reading out of Job chapter 37. And today's show is called Nations in Themselves. It's going to be an EDU segment today. We'll be doing a little bit of a kind of a little bit of a reading out of uh, the law of nations. Yeah. So daily disclaimer. Please be advised that I'm not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, and I don't possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. Do not take your legal advice from me. You will not end up on the winning side. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Journal Assembly in good lawful standing, by the way, I am not the official face or voice of the national state or county assembly. And I also do not endorse or advocate for violence. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own. And for educational purposes, unless otherwise referenced. Now, I want to say thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Now, roughly about 70% of you who listen to this podcast um, have yet to subscribe to our channel. Now, my request to you is this. Now, if you find extreme value in what I offer and take away solid information as well as a positive message from this podcast, I would urge you hit that subscribe button and share this show with your friends and family and your colleagues. Our mission is very simple. Spread God's word, right? That's number one. That's the most important one. Help people ask Jesus to be in their heart. That's number two. Ranks right up there with number one. And at the same time, we address significant topics that are related to the family, uh, true American history and how to restore our republic of this great nation through the reassembly of states and counties. And I also want to encourage you um, to engage with us, right? Leave us comments in the comment section. Subscribe and like our social media 
I'm trying to put more information, more content, especially on YouTube. Um, I'm not a big fan of Rumble. Rumble is kind of a big pain in the butt to deal with when it comes to uploading videos. It, it lags. It's it's just honestly the technology is just not that great. Um, some might say, yeah, but Jason, they don't they don't uh, they don't uh, you know censor over there. Well, I don't know. So far, I've been doing all right on um, YouTube. So we're just going to stick with YouTube at the moment until they start getting stupid. Um, at which that point, you know, then I'll just deal with rumble, but you know, YouTube at the moment, I'm just going to stick with them, but you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So you can find all that, all those resources, all those links at hishardline.com. That's hishardline.com. And then lastly, I just want to say, if you choose to support our work and contribute to the growth of this podcast, there is an option for making a donation, a gift, right, on our website. It is linked to Give, Send, Go, which 10% goes back to them for the usage of their platform. Uh, that is something that I choose to do. Um, don't feel obligated. Don't feel pressured. But the campaign also not only has a place for just a monetary donation, but there is a place that you could submit a prayer donation. And here's the thing. All right. I much rather have the prayers and the shares over a financial donation any day because a prayer from the right people with the right intentions hold more value and more weight in gold than any fiat dollar ever will. So, you know, at the end of the day, I know that this platform has God's support and I trust in him in all matters. He provided me with a good job, so I really don't need the money. But again, if you choose, you feel, you know, if you feel uh, compelled, uh, by all means, there's a, a way to do that. But either way, Thank you for being a part of this community. And I look forward to you keep coming back and bringing your friends. All right. Now, um, the first thing I kind of want to get into before we get into the reading, I want to play a little video because uh, the other day we went to the park. It was it was a nice day. It was a very nice day. It was sunny out. Um, the whole family, you know, we were just kind of cooped up indoors. We didn't really do a whole lot. And. You know, it just kind of was bugging me. I was like, we need to get out of the house. We need to go to the park. Let's get out. My wife, at first, she was like, no, <laughs> not having it. I said, well, you don't have to go, but the kid needs out of the house. It's sunny out. It's blue skies. It's 55 degrees out. We really should be outside. So we went outside. So uh, we went to the park and uh, just right up the road and we were playing and, you know, we were playing tag. Actually, it was our version of tag for those of you that, you know, go old school, but we were playing shark, right? So whoever was the shark was the one chasing all the little fish around the playground. And then you got to take turns being shark. All right. So basically tag, all right. They just call it shark bait or whatever the hell it was called. Um, but my wife sent me this video and when she sent this video, let me see if I can find her text. Hold on. I, I wish I would have thought about this sooner. Let me find the text. Uh, here it is. She said, so she sent me this video. She says, I love that you played with Haven yesterday. I know that's a core memory that developed with her uh, when you play and are involved with her. And then she sent me this video. Now, here's the video. And I'm really happy she sent this because I do my best to be an active father. There's some days where I'm just absolutely super busy. Uh, like today, you know, I got out of work. And we still had some errands to do. We had a lot of errands to do yesterday because we had a couple of local farms I wanted to go to to uh, buy some uh, locally raised beef. So I bought a lot of meat to stack up in the freezers. And, um, you know, then we ran out to Grand Rapids to go to Costco to pick up a few items. And then today I had to run a Sam's Club because we do not like Costco's toilet paper. So we get our toilet paper from Sam's Club. 
And now right away, I find myself back in COVID 2020 years because like we bought two packs of toilet paper, two packs of paper towel and a bunch of tissue paper and it's stacked right up. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like we're in COVID year again. <laughs> so, but anyways, but I say that to say this, when we got home, Haven really wanted to go out and play. I said, look, we got a lot of grown up stuff we need to do. We need to get dinner on the table. You know, we need to get cleaned up. We need to get showered. We need to settle in for the night. Well, anyways, I went to go spark up the grill and Haven asked me, like, can I really please go outside and play? I'm like, go ahead. You know, no big deal. Go ahead. Go have fun. Right. But we, I try to do my best to be an active father, try to you know, be there for her, play with her, um, read with her. Right. Um, I, I try to be engaged in her homeschooling. So the other day on Friday, um, no, was it Friday? Thursday, excuse me, Thursday. It was Thursday. Um, you know, I participated and was working with her on her homeschooling. You know, um, not an easy task, by the way. So I give a lot of credit to my wife and any homeschool parent out there that does that. That is not easy. Um, homeschooling is hard, um, but she did good. She did really good. And so this is the video that my wife sent me. And I hope a lot of you guys out there who are fathers of young children, especially young children, uh, this is really important. Listen to this because this girl makes a very good point. Let me bring this up message for all of the dads out there. I don't care if you are dying inside. I don't care if every ounce of your being is miserable. If you are at a Christmas activity with your wife and your children, you put the biggest fake smile on your face and you pretend like you like it. And no, I'm not talking about Jared. He fakes it with the best of them. But when we were at the Polar Express last Saturday, there was a man in my general vicinity that was doing this. And I just wanted to hug the wife and I wanted to shake the man. He sat there the entire time looking like he would rather be put in a six foot grave than be on the Polar Express. I overheard him say something about the football game that he could have been watching right then. In five years, your kids won't want to ride the Polar Express anymore. And in five years, your kids will probably want to watch football with you. So in five years, you can sit your happy ass on the couch and you can watch all the football games that you want to watch. But you cannot get back this time in this moment when your kids want to ride the Polar Express. So suck it up because your kids are only little for this long, <laughs> this long, and it's gone. And I don't care how much you hate the damn Christmas PJs. Just put them on. Just put them on. I promise they won't kill you. And to the dads that suck it up and do it all, we love you. Oh, that's really sweet. That is really sweet. Um, yeah, you know, and she makes a very good point. And look, here's the thing. I'm going to just speak to the fathers out there for a minute when I say this. All right. All right. Now, if you have older kids, obviously this doesn't go out to you. But this goes out to the men and women, but the men who have children that are about my age, right? My, my daughter's age, I should say, right? Seven, eight, nine, 12, even 14, I guess, right? You're not going to get that time back. And I'm not sitting here, you know, trying to claim that I'm all high and mighty in wisdom because I'm not. I got a lot of learning to do. I still got a lot of lessons I need to learn. And quite frankly, I'm not the perfect parent. I'll be the first to admit that I screw up sometimes and, you know, sometimes I lose my cool. But one thing that I do realize and I recognize is that my daughter is not going to be seven forever. She's not going to be eight forever. She's not going to be 12 forever. Those phases are going to come and go so quick. And I understand that. I realize that. And I understand that that time flies by. And next thing you know it, you snap your fingers and boom, they're walking down the aisle or they're, you know, having their own kid. Right. I understand that. I understand how that works. And so men. All right. Put put the phone down. All right. Click click the off button on your remote control. 
your children are only going to be little for so long. And then when they get bigger, you're going to miss that moment. You're going to miss that moment. You know, I've spoken to so many gentlemen in their 50s, 60s, even in some cases, 70s. <clears throat> they chase the mighty dollar, promotions, recognition from superiors and executives in their careers, right? I've talked to many men who have just excelled in their career. But the thing that they missed out the most on were the soccer games and the football games and the plays and the recitals and this and that and not playing with their children or the vacations. This is why I try to do my absolute best to be an active father, to be there always for my little girl. And hopefully for another little squirt down the road, I'm hoping we can, you know, my wife can give me another child next year. We'll see how that works. But, you know, at the end of the day, don't throw it away. Football will always be there. Your favorite professional bread and circus sport team that you like to be engulfed in will always be there. Your kid will not. Okay, your kid will not. And at the end of the day, you might one day turn around and look back on this time and be like, crap. I just pissed that all away. For what? Because I wanted to watch a few extra football games? Because um, I wanted to go fishing instead of going on the Polar Express train with my family to enjoy that time, to watch my kid's face light up with joy? Like this female, like this lady said, suck it up, be a man and be a father. I'm not saying it's going to have to be a 24 seven thing, but put down your phone, turn off the TV, step away from the fishing boat for a moment or the woods or whatever it is you do and be a little bit active in your children's lives because you're, it's going to go, it's going to go quick. Those toys on the, on the floor. They won't always be there. Don't get pissed off all the time because they're always there. One day you're going to miss that. And that's something I keep to try to, you know, I try to keep in the back of my mind. I used to be so uppity and, and worked up because my daughter's toys were everywhere in the basement. And, and I say everywhere loosely. That'd be a bit, you know, sometimes she can be a little tornado. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes it's just a few things here and there. And it used to drive me up a wall because I'm like, we got this brand new house. We try to be very nice with our decorations. Some of you who listen, you know, Mary, Mary, who's listening in right now, her and her husband, they've been to my house. You know, I try to keep it nice. My wife and I both do. You know, we, we try to take, you know, we're very clean people. We like to have things in order. But, you know, I start realizing there is plenty of time to have things in order when we're older. Because one day we're going to miss those toys on the floor. We're going to miss the carpet being all jacked up, like, you know, cause I'm a freak. I like carp. I like vacuuming and I like to have the lines perfect. Right. Just like on my lawn, I like to have lines in my carpet. So I always tell the kids, stop stepping all over the lines. And then she'll like, you know, think it's funny and then she'll like mess them up. But now I, 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 you know, I try to embrace that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just not going to last forever. So anyways, I just felt that I needed to kind of, you know, talk about that. Cause like I said, and, and speak of the, uh, the, the, the lady who gave me the, the video here, 
wife just chimed in here in the chat. Um, I was just sharing with the people here, uh, babe, the, that video you sent me of the girl saying, uh, telling all the dads to suck it up, right? That video. And so I was just playing that and just telling the folks out here that, uh, you know, I try to do my best to be an active father. And like I said, sometimes, sometimes I'm not the greatest, you know, because it gets, you know, life gets busy, but I try not to let it get busy. I try to put her first. So anyway, all right, let's get into the reading. Job chapter 37, there's only, what do we got here? One, two, three, oh, it's only 24 verses, not a whole lot. And it starts by that, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version, by the way. And it reads, at this also my heart trembles and leaps from its place. Hear attentively the thunder of his voice and the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He sends it forth under the whole heaven, his lightning to the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roars. He thunders with his majestic voice, and he does not restrain them when his voice is heard. God thunders marvelously with his voice. He does great things which he cannot comprehend. For he says to the snow, fall on the earth. Likewise to the gentle rain and the heavy rain of his strength, he seals the hand of every man, that all men may know his work. The beasts go into dens and remain in their lairs, and from the chamber of the south comes the whirlwind, in cold from the scattering winds of the north. By the breath of God's God, ice is given, and the broad waters are frozen. Also with moisture, he saturates the thick clouds. He scatters his bright clouds, and they swirl about being turned by his guidance, that they may do whatever he commands them on the face of the whole earth. He causes it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. Listen to this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Do you know when God dispatches them and causes the light of his cloud to shine? Do you know how the clouds are balanced? those wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge. Why are your garments hot when he quiets the earth by the south wind? With him have you spread out the skies, strong as a cast metal mirror. Teach us what we should say to him, for we can prepare nothing because of the darkness. Should he be told that I wish to speak? If I, or excuse me, if a man were to speak, surely he would be swallowed up. Even now, men cannot look at the light when it is bright in the skies, and when the wind has passed and cleared them, he comes from the north as golden splendor. With God is awesome majesty. As for the Almighty, we cannot find him. He is excellent in power, in judgment, and abundant justice. He does not oppress, therefore men fear him, and he shows no partiality to any who are wise of heart. And that is the reading of Job chapter 37. <clears throat> so this passage points out an awe-inspiring picture of God's might through nature's wonders. And it vividly describes thunder and the lightning, snow, the rain, and the winds, all as a manifestation of God's immense power and wisdom. And as we reflect on these verses, we're drawn into contemplating three significant themes. Now, the first one 
the passage in Job 37 here draws our attention to the might that God showcased through the natural elements, right? It's a reminder uh, to men and women that we often find ourselves faced with the limits of our understanding when confronted with the enormity and the complexity of creation. See, when we witness thunder roaring, lightning flashing across the sky, or when we experience the intricacies of snowfall and rain, it's as if we're given a glimpse into the incredible power wielded by God. I mean, have you ever really looked at a snowflake, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, when you catch one on your glove before it melts, the the geometry that's in that teeny tiny little snowflake, does it ever make you question how, how is this just not just a little circle of, and even if it was just a circle with no shapes in it would still be amazing. How does it know to turn into a circle, much less this, you know, kaleidoscope shaped looking thing? It really goes to show you how like miraculous God's creation really is. And these phenomena, while scientifically explicable to some degree, right, to a certain extent, it still carries an element of mystery and magnificence that it, it, it pretty much surpasses our full comprehension. And so it, in acknowledging this incomprehensible power that God wields, you know, we're invited into a state of awe and wonder. You know, it's a very humbling experience that prompts us to recognize our own limitations and grasping uh, the entirety of God's works. You know, this recognition doesn't diminish our understanding, but rather expands it. You know, it allows us to appreciate the depth and the vastness of God's wisdom beyond the boundaries of uh, man's knowledge, right? And this understanding fosters humility, which, you know, is a realization that there's more to this universe and to the existence itself than what our, you know, minds can really fathom. It really is remarkable. And it encourages a reverent attitude prompting us to approach the wonders of creation with respect, curiosity, and a willingness to explore the depths of God's you know, incomprehensible power. You know, just the other day, my daughter, when we went out to eat, we, there's this new place um, in town, the next town over called Core Life Eatery. Maybe you've heard of it. They're predominantly in the Midwest. It's a very healthy uh, chain, um, but they just do real whole food. Oh, it's amazing. But we were sitting there eating dinner and my daughter had a very interesting and profound question that I often thought about myself. She's like, how did God come to be? Like, like that's basically what she asked. Like she asked my wife and I like, who made God? Like, how did God come to be? And like my wife and I looked at each other like, man, you know, that's a very good question. And I looked at my wife, I said, I'm not going to lie. I've thought about this question myself. I'm like, so before the earth was made and man was made, I'm like, was God just chilling by himself and like complete nothingness or in heaven or like whatever? Like, <laughs> like that's a very profound question. Like what, where was God at? Like just chilling with angels up in, you know, smoking and joking up there in you know, heaven. I mean, really, I mean, it's a very good question. But anyway, but back to this passage, right? This passage paints a very vivid picture of how nature obediently follows the commands of God, right? Thunder rumbling, lightning striking, rain and snow falling. 
It's all in a perfect accordance with his will. It's pretty much harmonious, right? It's a harmonious symphony that's orchestrated by God. And so in drawing parallels between the obedience of nature in our own lives, you know, we're invited to consider our own willingness to align ourselves with God's guidance. You know, just as nature effortlessly follows his commands, we are also encouraged to reflect on our own responsiveness to his will. You know, surrendering to God's will doesn't imply a loss of individuality or agency, by the way. But instead, you know, what it does is it acknowledge the, the, the acknowledgement of his wisdom and a conscious decision to align our actions and decisions with his purpose. You know, that's, that's, that's about finding harmony between our desires and his plan for us. It's like Oscar was saying right here, he is the great creator. No creation can be over the creator. That's right. And when we, when we come to grips with this. You know, this surrender involves a shift in perspective. It's an openness to seek his guidance and to trust his wisdom and to willingly conform to his will, even when it might, you know, might differ from our own desires or, you know, understanding. And it's a journey of faith, embracing, you know, the belief that God's plan surpasses our limited vision and leads us toward fulfillment and spiritual growth. You know, as we reflect on the aspects of, you know, surrender, right? Surrender allows us to uh, introspect. What do you mean by that, Jason? Well, are we, I would ask, are we receptive to God's guidance in our lives? I bet you a lot of people aren't. Well, Jason, that's kind of ridiculous. I'm a Christian, of course, I am receptive to God's guidance, but are you, I mean, if we're going to be completely honest with ourselves, are you really, I always thought I was, but in reality, I never really officially, formally, verbally surrendered my life to God saying, all right, you know what, God, take the wheel. My driving capabilities compared to yours absolutely suck. And I'm hitting every pothole. I'm about to destroy my suspension in this spiritual vehicle of mine. And I I keep taking us off a path that we really shouldn't be going. So I'm just going to trust in you. Take the wheel. I'll get in the passenger seat and I'm just along for the ride. How many of you people have done that? I'm serious. How many of you have done that? That's a pretty big, tremendous thing to actually do. and takes a tremendous amount of trust. Again, let me, let me ask the question again. Are we receptive to God's guidance in our lives? Are we willing to realign our paths with his divine purpose? Even if it means letting go of our own plans and aspirations. Because what it's going to do, it's going to prompt us to consider the depth of our commitment to live in harmony with Father in heaven, right? The divine power. And lastly, this passage encourages uh, humility and reverence. Job is called upon to consider the wondrous works of God. 
emphasizing the importance of acknowledging the greatness of the divine. It's a reminder to approach God's creation with awe and humility, recognizing the limitations of our understanding. Furthermore, these verses hint at God's multifaceted purposes behind natural phenomenon, right? They suggest that God's actions beyond our comprehension are rooted in his justice, his compassion, and his ultimate plan for creation. It's like my wife was saying right here, for her, that she says, that's why I started a woman's Bible study, even though I'm nervous about it. She, going back to that question that I was asking, are we receptive to God's guidance in our lives? Are we willing to realign our paths with his divine purpose? See, if you knew my wife, and I was just telling my grandfather this in Wisconsin, because I, I try to call him every so often, right? And we were just talking. I told him, I said, my wife started Bible study every other Sunday. And he said, that's great. I said, yeah. I said, if you knew Katie, she's very introverted. But God placed it on her heart to do a women's Bible study every other Sunday here at her home. So tomorrow is the second one she's going to do. Last Sunday, she had three women. And tomorrow, it's looking like a very high likelihood that she'll have about six to seven. Which I think would be amazing. Heck, even just one showing up is a great victory. Why? Because that is one more woman that is actively trying to get closer to God and Jesus. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a success. But she's going to have six to seven? That's amazing. Heck, I'm happy just to have, you know, the five, six, seven, eight, ten of you that come here live on a consistent basis every time I do a live. You guys are amazing, and I love you guys. Really, tr truly, I do. You guys are great. Hopefully, you guys love me enough to share me with your friends and family. But again, are we receptive to God's guidance in our lives? And like I said, my wife is very much not a public speaking type of person. She is very not much a woman who likes to pray during dinner before supper, right? I'm usually the one always doing it or my daughter. I have yet heard my wife pray. To be honest with you, I have never heard her pray. I know she does, but not out loud, not, not before supper. And, and I disagree what she says here. She says in the chat, I'm not a leader or speaker. I beg to differ on that. Yes, she, uh, yes, she is. Don't let her fool you guys. Don't believe what she's writing in there. She is a leader. She is a speaker. She's just not an outspoken one. But God placed it on her heart to do a woman's Bible study. And that's precisely what she did. She yielded to God and was receptive to his guidance in her life. So again, in conclusion with all this, and yeah, that's right. I'm I'm a little bit a little bit of a liar here. She says you've heard me with Haven's prayers. That's right. When we tuck her in, she does do prayers with her. So that is a lie. I have heard her pray. My bad. Little fib. 
But in conclusion with all of this, the passage here that we read, it overall, it emphasizes the fear of the Lord, not in a sense of terror, but in awe and reverence, right? This fear acknowledges his supremacy and justice and impartiality. It calls us to live in alignment with his wisdom and principles. And ultimately, you know, this passage invites us to recognize God's sovereignty as usual, right? Submit to his will and embrace humility and reverence in our relationship with the divine and his magnificent creation. I mean, that's really all there is to it. So with that, I'm going to take a quick little break. Um, it'll only be about 40 to you know 50 seconds. And uh, we will be right back with the other half of the show called nations in themselves. I'm going to kind of touch a little bit on the law of nations. I'm trying to get more back to educational segments. So we're going to do a little EDU today. Uh, we're going to be in uh, book one, chapter two today, uh, law nations in themselves. So I'll be right back. Give me about 40 to 50 seconds and we will dig right into that. Be right back. So nations in themselves, this is from the law, uh, law of nations. All right. Co real common law. And you could find this. If you want to find the law of nations, you can go to kirkslawcorner.com. If you want a quick reference on where to find it, you can go to kirkslawcorner.com. I believe that's what it is. Let me just you know click on the website real quick. www.kirkslawcorner.com. Hey, look, I could spell it, guys. Uh, Kirk's Law Corner. And again, this is the best place to find this. There's a link called Library. You click on the library. Uh, if you scroll down, one, two, three, it's at the top of the page if you're on desktop. If you're on a you know mobile phone, um, it, you just scroll down to the third, I believe is what it is, the third book. You'll see a treatise on arrest and false imprisonment. Then you'll see the authority of law. And then the third one is called the Law of Nations. Okay, you want to click on that. And that is where, what I'll be referencing today. Okay, again, book one, chapter two. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, so let me just go to my notes here in my phone because there is some good stuff here. So, so basically, you know, this chapter, first off, in the Law of Nations, it dives into the fundamental duties a nation owes to itself, right? All right. It, it dives into the duties that a nation owes to itself. It starts by uh, highlighting two essential aspects, preservation and perfection. 
Preservation refers to the continuity of the nation's political association. Now, where have we heard that word before? Continuity, continuity. I don't know. I'm having a hard time, guys. Oh, that's right. The continuity of government that's in place right now. That's right. And so preservation, okay, we are in a stage here in America in preservation mode right now, okay? We are in preservation mode because, again, it refers to the continuity of a nation's political association, while perfection involves striving to achieve the ultimate goals of civil society. Now, let me just kind of scroll through here. Now, I read the whole chapter earlier today. I wish I would have highlighted what I wanted to read. But um, let's 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 just kind of, you know, we're going to do um, law of nation roulette. All right. I'm just going to pick a section and we're going to start reading. Um, here we go. He who no longer this is from, again, book one, chapter two of the law of the nations. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter. It's a pretty lengthy chapter. But it says right here, he who no longer exists can have no duties to perform and a moral Ervation being to uh, being is charged with obligations to himself only with a view to his uh, pernation and his perfection and happiness for to preserve what is going on here and the preservation excuse me the preservation of a nation consists in the duration of the political association by which it is formed. Let me do this. I'm going to get out of this because I have a funny feeling. Hold on a second. Let me just do this. There we go. That's much better. Okay. Um, I took screenshots because it's hard to, I can't just copy text from the law of nations. I can't copy the text and then put it in the notepad. I have to do screenshots. And then from the screenshots, I can, um, you know, copy the text and then paste it anyway. That's all technical crap. You guys don't need to know, but anyway, um, but the preservation of a nation consists in the duration of the political association by which it is formed. If a period is put to this association, the nation or state no longer subsist, though the individuals that composed it still exist. Interesting. Let me read that again. The preservation of a nation consists in the duration of the political association by which it is formed. So if a period is put to this association, the nation or state no longer subsists, though the individuals that composed it still exist. Then there's the perfection of a nation. The perfection of a nation is found in what renders it capable of obtaining the end of civil society. And a nation is in a perfect state. When nothing necessary is wanting to arrive at the end, we know that the perfection of a thing consists generally in the perfect agreement of all its constituents parts to tend to the same end a nation being a multitude of men united together in civil society if in that multitude all conspire to attain the end proposed in forming a civil society the nation is perfect and it is more or less according as it approaches more or less to that perfect agreement. In the same manner, its external state will be more or less perfect according as it concurs with the interior perfection of the nation. So, so one of the key takeaways here is that a nation possesses rights essential for their preservation and perfection, right? These, these rights are contingent 
upon agreements formed within the social compact. And they also have an obligation to steer clear of actions that could lead to their destruction or impede their journey toward perfection. It's like Oscar was saying right here. Think of all 50 states assembled and settled. That's right. Now, moreover, there is an inherent responsibility that a nation has towards its individual members. See, every single member contributes to the strength of the nation and the association formed by citizens. Okay. And remember, according to the law of nations, a citizen is bound by the constitution. Okay, it's not part of we the people. You, generally speaking, unless you hold an office within the General Assembly, right? You, you're a statesman or a stateswoman or, you know, a, a, a chief justice. You would be considered a citizen because now at that point you are bound by the Constitution. But if you do not hold a public office in government or appointed office in government, you are not a citizen. You are not bound by the Constitution. The Constitution is for our public servants. So every single member contributes to the strength, again, of the nation. Again, when we assemble a state, it is like, for example, Michigan. It's Michigan equals an independent, a free and independent nation equals state. So every single member contributes to the strength of the nation and the association formed by citizens entails a duty to support and protect one another. The loss of even one member weakens the collective whole. See, the concept of self-preservation for a nation is explored here, indicating that a nation is obliged to maintain its existence through the political association that defines it. Yet this obligation is not absolute. It can be dissolved through a unanimous consent. However, undertaking such a step without justifiable reasons might carry a sense of guilt. Now let's kind of read a little further into this. Now let's let's let me scroll down. Let me see what else we got here. Uh, let's see. In the act of association, again, this is Book One, Chapter Two, Law of Nations. So, in the act of association, by virtue of which a multitude of men form together a state or nation, each individual has entered in into engagements with all to promote the general welfare and all have entered into the engagements with each individual to facilitate for him the means of supplying his necessities and to protect and defend him. It is manifest that these reciprocal engagements can no otherwise be fulfilled than by next page maintaining the political association in the entire nation is then obliged to maintain that association and as their preservation depends on uh, the continuance it thence follows that every nation is obliged to perform the duty of self-preservation so furthermore here what i want to say is this chapter is emphasizing the importance of nations striving for their own perfection and that of their states Right? This dual quest for perfection is crucial for a nation to achieve the ultimate goal of civil society. 
and citizens as an integral part of the nation are obligated to contribute to the common welfare and the improvement of their society. Again, folks, you have to be involved. If you, this is is exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to becoming self-governed, returning back to common law. We cannot allow other people who are bar card holding lawyers and baristas or whatever, barristers, and, and they hold titles of nobility to other foreign countries. These people are the ones who have been the ones at the helm and they've been the one con, you know, controlling everything in this nation. But yet we think elections are going to be the thing that fixes this. It's not, folks. It's the reassembly of states. And just like what Oscar was saying here, we need all 3,000 plus counties settled. Well, Jason, why do we need that? I don't know. Maybe because there's over 140, 50,000 sealed indictments that not all of the military are going to be able to get to because one indictment could have three, four, 30, or 40 people in it. Logistically, the military cannot handle all those indictments, hence why we need all of our jur- you know, jury by tri- you know, trial by juries across this land in all counties. But in order to have a petite jury, we have to have the county assembled and settled. Therefore, we can get these sealed indictments unsealed, and then we can proceed forward with business and put all these scumbags away in jail or in Gitmo to hang or get shot, whatever comes first. I don't care, as long as they're no longer living among us. Back to chapter one, or excuse me, book one, chapter two. Part of this uh, chapter says this obligation so natural to each individual of God's creation is not derived to nations immediately from nature, but from the agreement by which civil society is formed. It is therefore not absolute, but conditional. That is to say that it supposes a human act to wit the social compact, and as compacts may be dissolved by common consent of the parties, if the individuals that compose a nation should unanimously agree to break the link that binds them, it would be lawful for them to do so, and thus to destroy the state or nation. But they would doubtless they would doubtless incur a degree of guilt. Now, if they took this step without just and weighty reasons for civil societies are approved by the law of nature, that would be God's law, which recommends them to mankind as the true means of supplying all their wants and of effectual advancing towards their own perfection. Moreover, civil society is so useful, nay, so necessary to all citizens that it may well be considered as morally impossible for them to consent unanimously to break it without necessity. But what citizens may or ought to do, what the majority of them may resolve in certain cases of necessity or of pressing exigency, are questions that will be treated of elsewhere that they cannot be uh, solidly determined without some principles, which we have not yet established. So for the present, it is sufficient to have proved that in general, as long as the political societies subsist, 
the whole nation is obliged to endeavor to maintain it. So basically to make effective strides toward, you know, their own perfection, nations must possess a self-awareness, understanding their strengths, understanding their weaknesses and their progress and areas that need improvement, right? Areas for improvement is very crucial for informed governance and decision-making. See, this is why it's so important that when we re when we reassemble our states, ladies and gentlemen, it is so vitally important that we recognize that we are not perfect people. And because we are not perfect people, we are not going to be always the perfect assembly, which is why it's so important that we need to recognize and look for the areas that are needing improvement because that right there is crucial again for informed governance and decision making oscar was just saying right here all states assembled and settled also known as the people in their proper place is perfect according to their found to the founders yes i would agree with that statement and for some of you out there who might be new to the podcast, if you're wondering who Oscar is, Oscar is part of the Missouri General General Assembly, a very good member. He's a very educated member. He's self-educated. In fact, he also participates in a lot of teaching. We also have another rock star in the house, Lisa from Georgia. She is in the Georgia uh, General General Assembly, who is also a very well self-educated gal. and participates in helping other people in the education and learning more about the process of self-governance and returning back to common law and how to restore this republic of this nation, of our country. We have some great people in our assemblies across this nation. Great people. And the idea of a nation's perfection is intriguingly related to the achievement of the goals set by civil society. Now, just as an individual's perfection might entail fulfilling their purpose or goals, a nation's perfection, okay, back to this law of nations, a nation's perfection lies in fulfilling the objective set forth by its collective existence. So this perfection involves the harmonious convergence of all constituent parts of a nation working towards the common end defined by civil society. So essentially a nation approaches perfection when every member, now listen closely, A nation approaches perfection when every member, okay, that would be the members of the assembly, when every member aligns in pursuit of the common objective established within civil society. The more unified and concerted these efforts are, the closer the nation is to achieving this ideal state of perfection. Now, it's important to note that this perfection isn't solely internal because it extends to the external state of the nation as well, right? Because the nation's external conditions align with its internal harmony, contributing to its overall state of perfection. 
So therefore, a nation's perfection doesn't merely rely on external factors. It's equally rooted in the unity and the collective effort of its citizens working cohesively towards the common goal of civil society. And this pursuit of perfection involves an alignment between the external and internal aspects of the nation, creating a unified and harmonious entity aimed at achieving its defined objectives. So in this book, in Vettel's Exploration of Nations, he basically highlights the significance of governance in shaping a nation's journey towards its envisioned perfection. He draws insights, uh, insightful comparisons between different nations, showcasing how their governance system can either act as a catalyst propelling them towards their goals, or it can act as an you know, impediment hindering their progress. So for instance, he mentions England as an example of a nation where the governance structure in principle seems to foster progress and contribute to the nation's development. Okay. Well, within this system, citizens find themselves in roles that enable them to actively contribute to the common good. Now there's a sense of genuine patriotism that's ingrained in the societal fabric, sure, it encourages individuals to embark on endeavors that promote the nation's welfare. Okay. But here, even a wise and moderate monarch finds substantial support to execute positive reforms for the nation's benefit. And so the governance structure, inclusive of nobles and representatives of the people, acts as a bridge connecting the ruler with the populace, fostering stability and garnering voluntary obedience through shared objectives. So conversely, Vittel's, you know, Vittel alludes to another nation, which is unnamed in this chapter. And again, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because that would just take us into about a two hour show. And I just don't have that time for that. That's why I kind of cherry picked, you know, little bits and pieces. But Vettel, who is the author here of the Law of Nations, alludes to another nation, which is unnamed in the chapter, where the governance framework seems to pose barriers to progress. And this nation's constitution, while deeply rooted in protecting liberty, creates impediments that potentially stifles reforms aimed at national betterment. And he hints at instances where even well-intentioned leaders, now listen to this, he hints in this chapter that in some instances where even the most well-intentioned leaders find themselves restrained from implementing beneficial policies due to the limitations imposed by the governance system. And so the excessive precautions taken to preserve liberty inadvertently restrict the state's ability to effectively govern and pursue progress. So ultimately here, Vittel underscores the importance of tailoring governance to suit the unique character, needs, and goals of each nation. He advocates for governance structures that not only safeguard liberties, 
but also allow for flexibility, enabling leaders to make reforms necessary for the nation's advancement. So by highlighting these comparisons, he stresses the necessity of a governance system that aligns with the nation's specific context, ensuring that it can navigate challenges and capitalize on opportunities to propel itself towards its envisioned state of perfection. And like I said, there is a lot that could be unpacked here. But Oscar also ends with this. He says, as Benjamin Franklin departed the Constitutional Convention, he was asked if the framers had created a monarchy or a republic, to which he responded, a republic, he famously replied. And we all know that part in the history books. And then he added, if you can keep it, that's right. If you can keep it, can you keep your republic, ladies and gentlemen? See, I don't think the majority of people in this country who are not aware of the assembly of people, the reassembly of states and people, I really don't think a lot of people really truly realize or or understand the gravity of the situation and how close we were to losing it permanently to these tyrannical evil scumbags that pretty much in my opinion are just the spawn of Satan. I don't think people really truly realize or have the slightest comprehension just how close we were to losing our country. You know, I don't have a lot of goals or I should say, I don't have a lot of hobbies. I have goals. I don't have a lot of hobbies or interest. I don't watch professional sports. Yes, I like to toss the fishing pole, you know, line in the lake once in a while and do some fishing. I kind of want to pick up hunting. I used to be a big car guy, not so much anymore. I don't really watch TV all that often. Jason, why are you telling us? Like, are you trying to set up your biography? Like, what, what's going on here? I'm telling you this for a reason. I believe that God built me to be part of this journey, this fight that we're in for our country, to restore this republic. I spent 12 hours a day behind the wheel of a fuel tanker truck, dealing with the general motoring public, which, by the way, can be quite retarded this time of year as more of them hit the roads for the holiday. Dealt with a couple of low IQ, you know, Motoring public people today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to keep my story to myself, maybe a different day. But I say all that to say this I spent half my life, quite literally, behind the wheel of a truck. The other half at home. Now, while I'm at home, I choose, again, back to being an active father, right? I try to engage in the time that I do have with my wife and my daughter. I try to be the best husband and the best father I can be. I try to be the best servant of God, by the way, that I can be. I falter. Yes, I'm not perfect. None of us are. But when I'm not with my family, you know what I'm doing? If I'm not doing this podcast, I'm doing something that is trying to be positive, positively moving or beneficial for the reassembly of our states or for our Michigan General Assembly. 
I could give two craps less about what the Detroit Lions or the Green Bay Packers are doing. I could give two craps about what the World Series or the NBA, you know, championships are doing. I could give two craps about who's going partying this weekend and who's going to go out to the nightclubs or who's going bar hopping or who's getting married so I can go to their reception and get trashed. I could give two craps about any of that. I just want our nation restored for my daughter and for my future grandchildren, God willing. I don't give a flying crap if I have to live the rest of my life in a torturous state under this BS system that we are in so my daughter and her children and hopefully future generations to come can live free. I don't care. I'll live a life of hell so my future generations and my bloodline can live free and happy. If that's what God wants me to do, sign me up. What are you going to do? Look, am I saying you need to set the world on fire? No. You might ask yourself, you might be asking me, Jason, I'm just so-and-so. What am I going to do? Who am I? How am I going to impact? I'm just one guy or one girl. What am I going to do? You'd be surprised. You'd be very surprised. God installed talents in you. He installed from the factory before you were born. He installed a very specific, unique set of talents and skills inside of you that is beneficial, not just to humanity as a whole, right? To mankind, but to the reassembly of our states. You might be good at writing. You might be good at note-taking. Maybe you're good with technology. You might be good at, um, I don't know. Maybe you might be good at, uh, speaking. I, I don't know. Everybody has different talents. But don't limit yourself. Don't discount yourself. Everybody has a part to play. And when everybody comes together for the common good of our country, and they everybody uses their times, talents, and treasures for the common good for our restoration of this republic, the possibilities are endless because that is when the whole body of Christ comes together and works in a divine, miraculous, special way. I like how Oscar put this. That is so true. The Bible is an OEM manual. Industry just chimed in. He says, pieces of the puzzle. We make a whole when we come together. You know what? Hey, Oscar, you want to come on the, you want to come on the show for like five minutes before we close it out? Because I think you could add some extra insight here. It's up to you. No pressure. Okay. Let me call you. You want to do it on Podbean? You want me to call you on the phone? Your call. Either way, here, I'll do this. I'll call. Uh, you know what? No, I'll just do this. I'll just do it on Podbean. Let's see. I haven't done this in a while. I need to keep brush up on my skills. Let's see here. Oscar, invite a speaker. Boom. Let's see how this works. Hey, there you are. There. Can you hear me? Hey. Yeah, I can hear you. How are you doing? Oh, it's working good. Good this time. Yeah. Good. Great. Thanks. No, nah, man, I just, you know, I like how you put that. The Bible is an OEM manual. That is actually a pretty profound way to put it. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. And I mean, it, it's put 
put there in the consciousness of uh of holy men by by god you know that are infallible and uh you know it's our it's our guide um and more of it's coming out you know we're finding more and more bible uh the original bibles is uh being deciphered and and uh put out there for us to to consume yeah no you're absolutely right well you know and I like what you and Bill have been doing, you know, because I know like there's a lot of people that always ask, well, you know, you say that I can, you know, I can be part of this movement. I can, I can restore the Republic, right? Like so many people always limit themselves. I, I think, and I think that's kind of by design, right? The, 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 the global masters, right. Who've tried to try to do, you know, take over the world and try to brainwash us that, you know, and make us believe that we're like little nothingness, right. And, and this little blue marble that we supposedly live in the middle of a, a big black universe of like vastness and infiniteness, right? They try to make us feel like we're diminished and we are nothing, nobodies, right? But you know, God, mentalization, it's part of, it's part of, you know, mind control and, and making, making us believe that we're not as powerful as we actually are. That's right. Uh, That's right. Once you know who you are and you have the confidence to, research and find the information out it, it empowers you and emboldens you and and you share it with as many people as you can to uh you know to to get them on board and to get them you know to be able to do you know i you know you 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 do really good at this podcast and you know it's something that you know daily coming in and doing it you know it's just like you know, I like to listen to it, but I don't know if I would have some content every day consistently to share. So that's your, you know, that's your, uh, what the Lord is, has put on your heart to do. And we, and like Destry said, we all come together, Bill and yep. I we do research and we give presentations as it, as it comes about. Uh, so yeah, yeah no. you know, Josh Lehman and like Lisa, Lisa does too. So. Yeah, no, it's just that's the body of Christ coming together, right? You know, it, it, everybody's got different parts. You know, somebody might have the function of an index finger, somebody might have the function of a of an elbow or a toe or whatever, right? Like that's the body of Christ when we all come together and 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 we can achieve miraculous things, you know. But you know, separately, you know, eh, we could still do miraculous things. But when we all come together, it's boy, game over. But, uh, but anyway, but I do like how you put that though. How about the Bible being an OEM manual? That was pretty good. I like yeah, that. I really operator, like yeah. original operator manual. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Field training but, manual is kind of the hidden, hidden OEM for, you know, the restore America plan. You know, it's like, it's like all these things are there and we're, we're finding them and it's just, you know, it's encouraging and, yep. um, Anyway. And by the and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, Oscar, like I said, he's part of the uh, Missouri General Assembly. He and Bill Hermanson, again, who's also in the Missouri Assembly, they go on the national call and they have been um, and they do a lot of educational segments on the national call, which, by the way, is every Thursday, by the way, at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, they went over just not that long ago. They read through the entire field training manual 2000-25. And you might be wondering, well, what's that? Well, um, you can go back and listen to the, you know, to the national calls. I also did a 17-part series. And yes, that was by accident. That was not on purpose, but a 17-part series uh, that I did a reading 
of the uh, of the uh, field training manual 2000-25, but that was a field training manual that was released to the Army by the War Department on how to restore a republic back from a democracy. And, and, and Oscar and Bill did a very great job going over that on the national call. So you could find that information, by the way, if you want to join the national call on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern time, you can go to www.national-assembly.net. That's national-assembly.net. And what was Bill Hermanson's uh, website again? It was American Civics. AmericanCivicsEducation.org. AmericanCivicsEducation.org. That's AmericanCivicsEducation.org. A lot of good resources there. It also will link you to the National Assembly website. You can also find links to the National website from my personal website, which is hishardline.com. But anyway, but I'm not, uh, sure, what, I'm not sure what Bill's doing this week uh, or next. I uh, I have either this week or next. I have the uh, Federalist Papers 45 that I'm going to uh, go over. Very nice. Look, man, look, you you know you don't need an invitation. Anytime you want to come on this podcast, you know all you have to do is send me a text. But like, hey, man, I think I want to do a reading of this. You've got an open invite. You know that, right? You and Bill both do. Yeah, I appreciate it. This ain't my podcast. This is God podcast. That means you are always invited on it, okay? This ain't me. I'm just a button pusher, and I screw that up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but is there anything else you wanted to add to the uh, to the conversation before we uh, end in prayer? Nope, I think you've got it covered. All right, well, time for on that. Well, uh, I appreciate you, you know, uh, joining me, uh, you know, and uh, putting in your two cents in there. I always like getting in contact. I haven't talked to you in a while. I was like, crap, I'm like man, this shouldn't be the way we talk. I need to call you more. <laughs> well, so. Yeah, no, life gets very, very busy. Well, anyway, brother, well, I hope you and the missus have a good evening, and thanks for jumping on here and adding uh, some wisdom there, and uh, we'll uh, catch you on the other side. All right. Thanks, Jason, oh, for having me on. Yeah, thank you. God, God bless you, too. Bye-bye. So that is our friend Oscar from the Missouri Assembly. So what we're going to do is we're going to end this in prayer, all right? And then, uh, like I said, tomorrow is Sunday. I will not be on the air tomorrow, and I will not be doing a recording either. I got a very important thing I need to do tomorrow evening, and so I'm just going to spend some time with my family. My wife has her uh, Bible pod, uh, Bible podcast, her Bible or women's Bible study tomorrow at uh, seven. So it's going to be me and the kid. And then, I, like I said, I have some obligations I have to tend to. But uh, I will probably, I might not be live on Monday. I might just do a recording drop on Monday, okay? Um, like I said, very, very busy, but I do my best to do, you know, to, to keep putting content out there. But uh, yeah, go, again, tr subscribe to the YouTube, by the way, folks. Um, I've been dropping, I'm, I'm creating more content over there. Uh, you might be kind of intrigued with some of the stuff you might find over there. So anyway, let's do the prayer. So Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so very much for this time that you you give us. And thank you for great people like Oscar and others who are in the assembly that play a very pivotal role in all that we do. We often, you know, there's many times a lot of us think that we are just small nothings in this huge, vast universe that you have created. But we are starting to realize that it is the tyrants of this world, right? It is the 
demons of this world that are trying to make us feel insignificant. And guess what? We are starting to come into who we are. We are starting to realize who we are, who you created us to be. And we are understanding the power that you gave in us and the time and the trap, you know, the, the, the talent and the treasures that you in factory installed in us from the very beginning, we are starting to figure out who we are and how to wield these talents for your greater good and for the service of your people. Father, keep guiding us, guide our words, guide our thoughts, guide our actions. May we never waver from the path that you need us to be on and just always just always be there for us. Be that guiding light for us. Don't and if we stumble, if we fall, please pick us up. And you know we're going to. But if we fall and stumble, please don't let it be hard. <laughs> All right? It hurts when we fall. But we will get back up. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for our family. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for the community that keeps coming back here. And thank you just for your wisdom. Father, we just ask that you also hear the prayers of all those who have uh, special intentions in their heart. They have prayers that they have in their heart. They just don't know how to word it. They don't know how to speak it. Or maybe they might be just too shy to even verbalize it. You know their prayers, Father, so please be with all of these people who need your help. And we pray all this in your holy son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. It really is a pleasure to be on the air with you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. You really are. And I'm, I, I can't thank you guys enough for your support. I know I'm nothing special over here. I know I'm not as interesting as Joe Rogan or some of the big names out there. But, you know, I'm just Jason Jones. I'm just a small town guy just in the assembly. Just trying to do my best for humanity and for mankind, right? And for God, just, just trying to do what I do. But one thing I will promise you will always get here. You will get real authenticity over here. And no, I will never, ever, ever, ever. I will never sell out to the cabal. Never. Just so you know. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, like it states in Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find a knock and the door will be opened to you. Yes, that was written in red letter language. That was spoken by Jesus. Don't forget it. Ask and you shall receive. God bless, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you back here uh, on Monday. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We got to do this for God. We got to do this for our families. We got to do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show.
Don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time.